There's, there's power in not knowing. There's power in, in being like, you know, ignorant to a degree. And, um, mm. and I think, at least from a creative standpoint. You're listening to the Mouthwash Podcast. It's uh, Alex Tan here with Mouthwash Podcast. Again, I'm here with Abraham tonight. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How are you? Um, good. What are you up to right now? Where are you at right now? Recording from Dallas um, and then boarding a flight tomorrow uh, to LA. But Oh, yeah. Um, we got a project, don't we? <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited for tonight's guest. It's uh, some some someone that I've been following and just kind of admiring from afar. Um, it's just been um, over this last decade just able to do a lot of things, um, music videos and photography and all kinds of commercial work and uh, uh, not just music videos, but just like be immersed in culture. Um, so mm. yeah, should be good. Yeah, it's cool to see like, I don't know, I think for somebody, I think specifically for the guests that we're talking to tonight, somebody that's kind of like, I know that like kind of like streetwear culture and stuff like that seems to be something that is like, popular right now but it seems as if our guest tonight has been around it for a little bit longer than maybe the like whatever the trend is um right now um so i'm curious to see how like his perspective is like changed as he's looked at those kinds of things over time um yeah he literally know. has a like a music video from like eight years ago i think it was like feature on it or somebody <laughs> so it's yeah like, yeah it's Which just crazy. really cool to see yeah um yeah so we're talking to to daniel hall uh or dan hall I don't know. What's up, man? Or Dan Decatur. Hey, what's up, guys? Dan Decatur. The, the, uh, yeah, Decatur, Dan. Decatur Dan is Decatur the, uh, Dan. That's is the is. popular, uh, is the street name. Uh, Dan yeah. Hall is the government name. Amazing. Um, Where did that come from? Uh, honestly, Decatur Dan came from, uh, it's going to sound nerdy, but like the launch of Gmail. Uh, and I remember being on like family vacation and, and Gmail launching and I getting an invite and I needed to come up with, uh, you know, you had like five, you know, options or, or five invitations. And I used all five of them and came up with, you know, five different names. And one of them was Decatur Dan. Um, oh, yeah, no and way. then I, I used to, uh, I used to take uh, photography for this DJ uh, in Atlanta. Uh, and I would always send him, you know, my pictures from that email. And he just kind of like, stuck with it stick uh, you know he he branded me as as decatur dan like he would call me on the uh you know in the club as uh, you know we got decatur dan taking pictures in the building and you know all that type of stuff and it, it kind of just you know it stuck with it and there's been phases of my life where i've um where i've uh you know kind of like tried to shy away from it but you know it keeps following me around so i've decided to lean into it a lot more um and, and that's when you know when you had like the music, the music video era and things of that nature, but that's yeah. uh, that's the story of Decatur Dan. I'm I'm from <laughs> Decatur, Georgia, um, which is like you know a pretty you know big city in Atlanta. It's kind of like neighboring Atlanta city. It's metropolitan Atlanta, um, but uh, but yeah, cool. but that's the story. There's nothing that's amazing. There's nothing wrong with uh or don't what do they say? Don't try to fix something that keeps working, right? Yeah, Decatur, for sure. Decatur, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right, that, that's what it is, um, dude. So you uh, run a studio uh, slash production company called Where It's Greater, based here in Los Angeles, California. Um, 
Abe and I love your work. I think from like an aesthetic standpoint and kind of the way you implement design um, into a lot of your campaigns too is um, something that's really fascinating. But do you want to talk a little bit about what Where It's Greater is and kind of what you've been up to? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Where It's Greater is exactly that. It's kind of a, a creative studio meets production company hybrid. Um, I'm actually, you know, still still defining what that what that is and what that means um but uh you know it's, it's a work in progress it's 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 a you know we're, we're kind of trailblazing we're, we're doing new things and that's been a trend that's been happening uh now and in, in the in the i guess advertising agency um you know, arena for, for a while now. Um, but you know, we're, we're, we kind of see ourselves as, um, as, as people who are kind of trailblazing that, that forefront and like what, what that actually means to, you know, be creative, but then also have the production muscle and do things kind of end to end, um, without like, you know, all these different, you know, third party, you know, partners and middlemen mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So, um, you know, it really makes for uh, a stronger end product, I think. And, and even, you know, for me, like, I think uh, we, you know, I, j- I just have, I, I like the final result a lot better when, when we kind of control um, projects like that versus like when we get brought, you know, cause obviously we get brought in on, on projects, you know, in the middle of the spectrum where the creative's already been thought out and we're just producing, or mm. sometimes we're just pitching on stuff and, you know, we don't, we, you know, they, they work with another, um, photo, you know, photographer or director or, or agency to produce it. And, you know, we don't have final say in that. So, you know, we, we get brought in and, you know, every, you know, projects come in all shapes and sizes and we get brought in in different parts of the spectrum. And, um, but what we like to focus on is, is really doing things, you know, beginning to end, mm. um, you know, down to yeah. final deliverable. So, um, and, but yeah, but been doing nice. that, you know, it's been fruits of fruits of my labor for probably the last nine years. Um, so it's not something that's been overnight, but, um, uh, but yeah, so I've been doing that, you know, strongly in LA for the last, um, four to five years. Nice. So, so Dan, real quickly, um, one of the questions I wanted to ask was uh, every time I see someone start something like that is what kind of inspired you uh, to start that? Um, And also, who else is involved? Um, I know you probably partner with a lot of other people on production sets, but uh, who's like the core of where it's greater? Um, So I guess you know, to answer the core question, I mean, like, it's my business, it's my entity, like, I'm the sole proprietor, uh-huh. like, um, you know, I, I've only recently um, started working with an executive producer um, and, and even a business advisor um, recently, but, um, but it, but it is, it is me, it is, it is my, my vision um, for the most part, you know, and I have cl- creative collaborators who I work with, you know, whether that be an art director, creative director, um, whether that be internally with us, um, that we hire, uh, or, or maybe that's someone at, at the brand or agency that, that has commissioned the project. Um, but, but it, but it is pretty much, it's pretty, it's pretty grassroots at this point. It's pretty small. I'm, I'm still, um, figuring it out. Uh, it's been, uh, like I said, about, about nine years and that's, but I've been evolving since then. Like it started off as just doing, you know, photography and content and then evolving into music videos and then evolving into, you know, working with directly with brands, but mostly in like the product, you know, e-com space to now, um, to now doing like, you know, a mixed bag of, of, 
advertising and, and content, you know, production. Um, so it's, it's been a, it's been a flow. It's been a constant work in progress. I, I think now we're definitely getting to the space that, you know, I've always in, envisioned, uh, mm. for, for the company and, um, which is exciting, but you know, there's still a lot of work to be done, uh, in order to get, you know, to where, to where I want, I want to be. Um, was but, that kind of like what inspired you to start it is the fact that it is yours and um, you were kind of before that having to be brought on and not having as much control creatively? Well, what were no. you doing? What were you doing before uh, Where It's Greater? Well, Just before freelancing? before before Where It's Greater. Well, Where It's Greater has evolved into has been a couple of things. First of all, like it's it's called Where It's Greater now. That's just a fictitious business name. That's just DBA. If you want to get you know technical, um, but before I was doing. Um, I guess, you know, photography and directing and entrepreneurship as a career. I, I did work at a, at a clothing store in Atlanta uh, and I, we were selling, you know, pr- mostly streetwear and men's fashion brands, things like that. So that's kind of where that like culture, that um, influence or, or inspiration comes from. Um, you know, like I grew up, you know, around like, you know, we were selling like brands like the hundreds or crooks and castles mm. or um so usually like way ahead of it yeah Bill, billionaire boys club and you know oh, things yeah. like that i mean i used to like me and coach k from who, who manages uh like migos and does like you know um and who man we used to fight over like who was going to get the crooks and castles t-shirt before anyone had it in <laughs> atlanta you know mind you we're both wearing double XL. I'm like an 18 year old, you know, white kid <laughs> in, in Decatur. And, and he's like, you know, full grown man, but we're both like, yeah. you know, fighting over, you know, a double XL um, shirt. shirt. Cause that's just like the size <laughs> that I wore back then. That was the way I wore it. Um, that's awesome. But you know, like, and this is like, this is before, I mean, this is like when Crooks and Castle still, they didn't even have their own like tags sewn in, you know, like they didn't, yeah. you know, like they were super grassroots. And um, so, you know, I've been around, like, I definitely haven't been around the street culture or the street wear culture from the beginning. You know, like, if you talk about, like, the Stussy and, like, the, um, you know, obviously even, like, Supreme, like, those days, like, those are obviously the, the early, early pioneers. But, you know, from from the time that I remember having access to, to those things in Atlanta, um, you know, like, and I was definitely at the forefront of, of some of that stuff and just, you know, being... Um, you know, being aware of it and being hip to it, like, it, you know, it was, it was fun. It yeah. was cool. Like, and it definitely like put me onto a lot of things. And I think, you know, it's exciting now to live in California where a lot of this stuff has obviously originated. I kind of feel um, like this is a place where I belong. Like, you know, this is a place where I've, uh, you know, it, it, I feel, I feel at home here. Not, you know, obviously Atlanta will always be home and I, and I love Atlanta, but, you know, just being ahead of the curve, um, and being in a place where the, a lot of this stuff was like kicked off and started off from obviously New York too, but you know, like LA definitely has a, a, a large, uh, streetwear culture influence. So, um, yeah. but that's what I was doing before that. I was just basically in college working, um, at a store that sold, you know, not and it, it, the important, that store had a huge influence on me growing up. It was called standard. It still exists. Um, it used to be a standalone store, um, off the street, uh, on Peachtree. Uh, there's a million peach trees in Atlanta, if you, if you know that <laughs> joke. But but Peachtree Road, the main road in Atlanta, um, and now it's uh, now it's in Lenox Mall, which is a very um, it's kind of like the Grove or whatever yeah, you, yeah. whatever you may call. But um, but that store, 
and, and the owner there, they definitely had a huge influence on me. And like, you know, like during my formative years as a creative and like, you know, developing my taste level, um, and things of that nature, uh, because I was just like exposed to, you know, all that stuff. So, um, but it wasn't just streetwear. I mean, like we sold Y3, we sold Fred Perry, we sold Maharishi, we sold, um, G star before G star, you know, so has gone on this kind of like diesel phase. Um, but, um, so just being exposed to those brands and like, um, and, 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 and all that really, um, I think had an influence on me as a young age and, and obviously being in Atlanta and being one of the few stores that sold that stuff, we obviously had access to a lot of, you know, clientele and people. And that's how I met the coach K's and that's how I met, um, you know, the Jason Jeters, who's, you know, like TI and Grand Hustle. And, um, you know, that's how I got connected and plugged into, to the music scene there was just because that's, you know, I think hip hop and, and fashion kind of go hand in hand, just like basketball and fashion do or, or anything else or, or sport and fashion. Yeah. I I feel like Atlanta, I mean, you talk about Atlanta, which is like one of the most important and influential like cities as far as like hip hop goes and, um, things like that. And it's interesting too, to just see how much, um, that culture has influenced like the professional level work that you create now. Um, I'm kind of curious, and this is what I was kind of talking to, um, with Abe before we introduce you on is, um, we talk about, I I think maybe for me, like, streetwear culture and stuff like that wasn't really like introduced to me until like I saw like Street Dreams magazine or Hype Beast or High Snobiety or, you know, any of those um, streetwear magazines. And um, were you kind of like, um, do you know those guys? Are they your friends or like, were you around the the formation of that culture? Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely remember being around. Um, I remember working, I worked at Nike town Atlanta when hype beast started. I remember like, <laughs> you know, like one of my, my friends uh, or coworkers there like, yo, like, have you heard of this thing? Hype beast? Like it just like new blog, like just came out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, no, I haven't. I, like I checked it out. I'm like, Oh yeah, it seems like, you know, Nike talk, but like in blog form, you know yeah. what I mean? Or like, because I remember when, when Hypebeast first started, it was very sneaker, um, it was very sneaker centric. Um, but, but yeah, like, and I don't I'm, I'm, I'm not saying like I was around like during the first days of that, but like, you know, like early on, like I was very hip to, to a lot of that stuff. Um, and I forgot your question. Repeat your question one more time. It, it was just kind of more like, um, Oh, do I know the guys over there? Yeah. Yeah. So even now, like, yeah, like, like, um, obviously I've met, um, Kevin Ma a couple of times, but like, uh, but you know, more, more important than Kevin is, um, people like Eugene Khan or Mm. Alex Malin. And those are two, um, very close friends of mine. Yeah. They're the guys at Macon. And and I don't know if you know their story, but basically they, they worked at Hypebeast for, I mean, Eugene for probably 10 years, um, Alex for probably four to five on and off, you know, and those are the guys who, you know, no, no, discredit to Kevin, but like, those are the guys who were on the front lines and, and those are the guys who were, you know, making a lot of the key decisions and, and doing a lot of the, you know, I think the, the, the innovative work that made Hypebeast kind of like what it is today. Mm. Um, and, and then those guys kind of got tired of telling like the same old, like, you know, streetwear headline story or sneaker headline yeah. story. And they, they wanted to tell deeper stories and, and things that interested them more. Um, 
and so they they kind of like left on good terms and i think everyone's still good friends and um they just kind of started their own thing which is making which is um their own kind of like platform which is you know it's still rooted in a lot of that you know streetwear um culture but it's more it's more about like the the journalistic side and the the stories um they're trying to tell and you know more than anything it's a platform like those guys have you know they they have their own way of um you know like they they kind of act as an agency as well and that's that's kind of like the trend now right it's like everyone has like their own like like platform uh some sort of blog or some sort of like you know podcast or whatever case it may be and like that's their platform um and then but they're they're really using that as like you know um a vessel to 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 show to show themselves off, you know, like their creative, yeah. their creative, flex their creative muscles and, Capability. and, um, awesome. capabilities and, and, uh, you know, which, you know, you guys might be doing, you know, something similar and, and, and really, but, you know, really whether, whether the bills get paid or more so some like more of like a, fi- like a consulting or, mm. um, like a project kind of basis. So, um, right. so, um, but yeah, but but big big fan of making. Like obviously, I just did something earlier uh, in the year um, with them, and I love what they're doing, and love those guys in general. Um, talk to them nice. often, and um, but but yeah, my, my my relationship is more so with those two than it is with the founder. Cool. I had no idea they were um, they were one of the first people at Hypebeast, and it's it's really. I mean, now it makes sense just because you know, back then it was kind of a counterculture and now it's progressed and it's been adapted by like a lot of brands and and just culture in general it's no longer a counterculture it's kind of just a part of big part of culture and a big part of oh, advertising yeah. um it, but name. Oh, no but yeah it just makes sense because they're they've always been really interested in telling stories and you know they started as a blog they they didn't start as an instagram page they didn't start as a facebook mm-hmm. page um they you know they started itself at the root of stories um, so that totally makes sense because a lot of people were able to relate and attach to that. And I think that's what they're trying to, that's what they, that's what they set out to get back to with making, you know, it was mm-hmm. like, you know, get away from the, the headline and the, 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 the payola pay per post type of thing. And like, you know, which is obviously great, you know, for, for, for Hypebeast and what it's done, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a huge progression, but, um, but get really back to the art form. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. It's almost like become something different than what it's intended to. Right. Always right. right. It's like streetwear. It's like anything else. Yeah. 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 Totally. Dan, I have a question, man. Like, I, I think like maybe one of my greatest convictions um, as like a person who creates something uh, as an art director, photographer, you know, whatever is that I want to make things that last and that matter and that aren't vapid. Um, and maybe this is just a misconception that I have of like, streetwear or like kind of the creative side of like high beast and things like that. But I feel like there's a lot of um, trends that kind of pop up in that um, culture and there's trends in every creative field. Um, but as you've, uh, this, there's a, there's a level and quality of, there's a, qual- a level of quality that I see in your work that um, kind of separates your work from the rest of that. Um, and so how do you like continue to make work that matters and lives on um, in a culture that seems to like jump on trends of like, you know, guys ha- hanging their foot off, feet off buildings or like, you know, going <laughs> that light up uh, 
that light up bridge over the, right, the right. you know, you know, whatever that. No, uh, absolutely. And I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I yeah. think, you know, it's, it's pretty simple, man. It's like, you know, there's people who, you know, there, there's kind of like, as you think about photography or photographers, like there's, there's, there's a lot of great concert photographers. There's a lot of great, like, you know, um, you know, documentary photographers, but those guys aren't crafting images. Those mm. guys are, and that's no disrespect to them because like, you know, it's difficult to be the guy in the room who captures that, that, that magic frame. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of respect that I have for those people. Um, who are able to just be in the right place at the right time um, and have the access or, or, or whatever the case may be. And, and I've been that guy, you know, growing up in the past, you know, like, um, and maybe, maybe not even, you know, seize the, the opportunity as much as I should have, but, um, but essentially there's a difference between, you know, just, just capturing like something outside natural light or, or, um, or, or documenting something or, or going and then, between like really building an image from scratch, you know? Uh, and I think that's what, what, you know, I've been able to do with some, obviously with some great collaborators, like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not just a photographer myself. Like, I mean, I am a photographer by trade. That is what I do. I'm a photographer, director. Um, but I always think about an image and I always think about, you know, what am I trying to invoke? And like, what is this, what is this thing trying to say? And, and, you know, what am I trying to say with this? And like, what, what am I trying to communicate? It's visual communication mm. um, is really what it is. And, uh, you know, and sometimes there's a brief and sometimes there's not a brief and, and that obviously influences things, but but, you know, I've, for the last five years, I've done a lot of studio photography. And, you know, while I like to have a, a mixed bag of skills, um, you know, there's something about studio photography that I really love because you have control over everything. Right. And, but with that control comes responsibility. You know, like you mm -hmm. have to like have an opinion, you have to have a point of view, you have to um, think about what you're doing. Um, everything has to make sense. Hmm. So um, I think, you know, that's the biggest difference between, you know, what I do is I, I come in and I, I light things from the ground up. I stage things from the ground up. Like literally I walk into a studio and I'm looking at a, a 15 by 30 foot psych wall that has nothing on it. Yeah. You, know, you can't just shoot. I mean, and sure. And like, yeah, I can just like put a model on there and just like, you know, have them on like a little prop or like whatever and just fucking shoot them. Like maybe shoot it on film and maybe, you know, make it like, you know, yeah. kind of cool or edgy in that as in instance. But like, is that really going to connect or is that really, yeah. it's not even a challenge for me. It's just like, you know, and I think, you know, I'm a big, I'm big on, um, I'm a big technical, you know, person. Like I, I really study my craft, like, you know, um, I, I have to strike the balance between, you know, being kind of like too nerdy because I don't ever want to be like a gearhead or like a yeah. someone who's like too into just like the actual, um, you know, technology or just like even like the theory of things because you have to allow yourself um, freedom uh, to kind of be, um, you know, exploratory and just like there's there's power in not knowing. There's power in in being like you know ignorant to a degree, and um, mm. and I think at least from a creative standpoint, and I think you know that's the kind of things I try to harness. But you know, you gotta have the mix of both. Like you know, if someone wants 
you know, to do some sort of crazy motion blur on a project, like you have to know how to execute that, yeah. you know, and, and how to execute it to a point where it looks good. And that kind of just comes from experience. But, um, I think, you know, you know, I, I'll, I'll chop it up to a couple things. Like one is like obviously working with good collaborators. And, you know, I think one thing that gets overlooked in photography so much is like, a good creative director or a good art director or a good person who's like, you know, really done their homework and, um, you know, it's cause it's a collaboration, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely a collaboration. And, um, and that, that part gets overlooked like so many times, like client, especially startups, like, cause we work with, with clients, all shapes and sizes, whether it be, um, you know, fortune 500 companies like amazon and nike and beats or you know startups uh, we just did something with this brand art of sport that's kobe's new startup or mm -hmm. um you know the list goes on but the thing is is like these people just kind of like see it as like oh yeah it's it's product photography oh we need we need to shoot product photography and like we want like some like creative idea yeah and like hey can we just like get you to do it and it's like you guys are skipping over the most important part you know which that's is like why. what's the the why and what's the direction Right. And, and how are we going to apply this to all of your products and not just like this one shot, like this mm -hmm. one off shot? Like, how does that work across an entire, you know, product line, you mm -hmm. know, or, or, you know, like, so, um, so kind of just little... like, justifying, like justifying all the little like creative decisions that you make and, um, really kind of nailing. I, I think like one of the things you were just talking about too, is like, uh, I, I'm an art director, uh, full-time at an agency and, and Abraham's a, a photographer. And so I end up bringing him on a lot of projects. And, and I think it's interesting working with somebody that you, um, work with really well. And I think this is the same thing for like a director and a DP is that like, just really being able to dial in and understand like, why are we doing this? Why are we making this decision? Like, are we able to set aside like our personal preferences and how I would photograph this yeah. um, personally, as opposed to like photographing this for the brand because the brand needs this. Um, I think it's interesting, like that dynamic of, of collaboration and, and understanding like where we need to like set down things that we might want to do just because um, to actually lift up the reason why we're actually, you know, creating that thing. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting point that you just made. I think. No, ab absolutely. I mean, like I, I can't stress how important, you know, I think, you know, in the last couple of years, like the word or the term or like the role of like a quote unquote creative director has become like, you know, pretty trendy in itself, but like, but like what a creative director actually does and like what an art director actually does is, is extremely, extremely valuable. Um, especially at this level, um, you know, of, of doing things and, um, you know, it's just, it's like, it, it guides every decision. It guides yeah. everything. It guides why we, why I light, like, because I love to light things. Like, mm -hmm. I, like that's probably like, lighting is probably my favorite, um, you know, part of the job. So but, you're a gaffer too. You do it all. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a gaffer. I mean, like, you know, like in, in the, I light things. Mm -hmm. I light my own stuff, you know, for, for stills, for sure. Um, and some video stuff, if like we're doing, if it's product only, um, you know, and we're doing it in house, um, and it's you know it's motion or motion controlled, and then we'll then I'll light it as well. But um, but yeah, and I obviously work with a lot of gaffers too. I'm like you know it's tough to work with gaffers, not not especially. There's a lot of gaffers who are good at making like you know commercials and films and things like that. But then when it comes down to maybe a like when it comes down to that product shot, they've got all the wrong instruments for right. for the shot. You know, mm -hmm. and like and but. What, what our common ground is, is, is quality and direction, you know, so we can always like talk about like, you know, 
what we're trying to achieve and things like that. So, um, but yeah, but like we, I've definitely done my fair share. Uh, you know, my, my internal team that gets through probably, you know, 60, 70% of the work, like all of us, like we, you know, we're not working on these sets. Like uh, 70% of our work is done in our studio at, at our leisure, you know, remotely, like our clients not on set. Um, you know, that's kind of like what pays the bills and that's kind of what like, you know, keeps the lights on and, and things like that. And then you sprinkle in 30% of the projects that are like this Amazon job that we just did with like Anderson pack and future, um, oh, cool. or things like that, where it's like, they're, they're bigger, they're like crews of 50 and, you know, there's proper, you know, production days and producers and line producers and, you know, the, the list goes on. Like, so yeah you know, it's kind of a balance between these, these type of projects that we do. But, um, and, and I think with that, you have to learn how to navigate in both arenas. You have to learn how to, you know, obviously doing things on our own with just my immediate crew of like two to three guys. And like, uh, we, we've worked together a lot. We speak the same language. That's obviously very comfortable and easy for me, but I have to learn how to translate that into yeah. the bigger jobs. And like when I've worked with the gaffer who, who, I've never met, um, who's super intelligent and knows a lot of stuff, but like, you know, but like there's going to be a learning curve of us getting on the same page, you know? So, um, Dan, it's, it's really inspiring to hear you talk about like lighting and, and kind of the technical aspects, because I feel like a lot of times it's, it gets like overlooked or almost like, um, undervalued because it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like well that doesn't matter like work with whatever you have but at a certain point especially if you're going to be directing as well you have to be able to speak the language and and speak to that gaffer that might be 30 plus years older than you or mm-hmm. um you know f- figure out what that art director that you've never met before wants to do and 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 why he wants to do that and uh, and then be able to do that while a clients behind you um it's almost like at a certain point, which I feel like you are, you know, talking about like doing jobs for Amazon and Nike um, that you have to do. Um, and I'm curious to see, like, was there ever a point that um, it was almost like not working out for you or was it struggling or were there like learning curves? Um, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look, you know, the jobs that we do in-house in the studio remotely unsupervised um, that you might, you know, some people call it unsupervised, uh, you know, those jobs are, are <laughs> fun, are you know, like those are the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ones. Because like you can explore everything you want. Like I can rent as much, you know, stuff. I can try as many options, as many things I can think on it for as long as I need, you know, I'm not under the gun. I'm not under the pressure, um, of delivering like, you know, with someone over my shoulder. Yeah. Um, and those, those are, and I, I did a fair amount of that. I mean, a lot of my work, you know, starting out was all like that, you know, especially when I moved out to LA, uh, not necessarily my music video work, but, um, but when I moved out to LA and I first got it started with the studio, um, you know, cause we, I, I'm in a studio space now, like a 4,000 square foot studio space, but I've been in what, three other studios now. So like just constantly outgrown each one. And I went from a 400 square foot to a thousand square foot to 1500 square foot to now 4,000. Wow. And when did you guys move in? So I've to that, this, this, to the latest to one. this new space that we're in there, the latest one that we're in now, which, um, which I love, but it's already like, you know, 
too small. Um, <laughs> it's uh, always too small. Man. Yeah, it's been two years. December, actually, this this December will be two years. Um, and we moved in uh, basically because I, I bought some proprietary piece of equipment and this motion control arm that needed to be it needed industrial power. It needed to be on on the ground floor with a with a you know a proper um, garage door and you know just wow. things of that nature. Like it, it, need, it had like some spe- some technical spec- specifications that we had to um, that we had to you know meet. Um, but even that being in this space, like it's brought new jobs and it's brought new opportunities by just, you'd be surprised, like, you know, what actually physically having a space will do for you. Um, you know, like I've been passed on for so many jobs because, oh, like we can't shoot it in Dan's studio. So, um, we have to work with someone else. It's like, right. no, like other photographers rent, most of the photographers you're going to hire don't own yeah. anything. Like they work from home. <laughs> Right. You know, but, <laughs> but you really have to, you know, so like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, ignorance in this, um, in, in this business, unfortunately, but mm. you know, you kind of just have to persevere and push through and, um, and, and continue to, to, to do what you can to set yourself up for success, um, you know, and, and create opportunities for yourself. Like you can't just sit back and wait for the work to come to you. And you can't mm. just, you know, go out here and like, you know, do a bunch of like, you know, quote unquote spec work and things like that. Like, yeah. you know, like you've got to think outside the box and you have to try new things in order to generate, you know, uh, new, new opportunities. Given the fact that you like have a studio, how, how often do you find yourself making stuff? Um, because it it is a a luxury that a lot of people might not be, uh, able to do. Um, so, you know, is it something that like when you started off, you, you would be in there a lot and now it's kind of like you've, kind of gotten over that um or is it no no i mean i'm in there every day i mean i'm i'm i I work from there it's like you know i'm spending quite a bit of rent on on the space so um and i've I've got a team of people and you know like we we have um we have a couple of retainer projects that that keep us busy throughout the year um you know so and i think those are, are, are essential um to any um you know freelancer or you know small studio or small agency like you you know even the big agencies i mean the big agencies they exist because of retainers if they didn't have retainers then they would not be around because that's what keeps their lights on and that's what keeps them work so you know you have to be able to find the balance between like constantly churning out this work that you've agreed to do this contractually and still finding the bandwidth to, to do jobs that are going to like, you know, fulfill you and push you forward. Um, and so, but we're in there, I'm in there Monday through Friday, nine to 10 AM to 5 PM. And then if I have a shoot, um, then that obviously can go, you know, it's a 10 hour, 12 hour day, like however mm. you slice it, but it kind of, it kind of goes all over the place. And also too, like, you know, like we don't just shoot in the studio. Like obviously I do a lot of studio work, but, um, you know, I'm on location. Um, I'm, uh, you know, and, and even some jobs like that are studio jobs. Like, uh, I don't prefer to do in my studio. My studio is my sanctuary. My studio is my, that's my, my home. Um, and like, I just, I don't like, you know, I've done a few jobs where there's been crews of 30, 40, 50 people running around. And like, I just don't like people in, in my space and my, sh- they don't treat it the same. Mm. You know, my, my place is not a rental studio. 
You're like, it's not a part of the is never a part of the business plan. I never had a business plan, but that was never a part of, of it. <laughs> yeah. It was never a part of the income, you know, strategy or any of that things like rent it out to people. So more like a sanctuary um, for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And like a space yeah. where I can do things. And, and so, you know, to answer your question, like, you know, it's a, it is a huge luxury to be able to like, you know, and we even as in the concepting or the pitching phase, like we'll go make something instead of like pulling a reference and like pulling, like the, making a crazy mood board, we'll just go make it and then we'll put it in the deck. Mm. Like this is what <laughs> no, we're that's imagining. That's awesome, man. You that's know? so fire. Yeah. And, and sometimes but, it's like, that's it. And I'm like, well, it's done. Like we, yeah. you know, like we can, now we can we'll like, sell it to you. yeah, we'll just sell it to you. Or like, you know, like usually what ends up happening is we still have to have the client around and on set. And like, we still have to think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, lot, the lighting might've been rough or angle might've been rough. So we have to like, you know, redo it. But like, you know, the core there's something there. magical about that first one. That's just like, all right, cool. It's just like what felt right. You know? And Dude, um, also just like creating like I, I talk about this all the time is like, I, I think maybe at the scale at, at which I work, um, it's just like working on a lot of projects. So I don't always have the time to like create the reference images, but like, I like it. So I, I say this all the time, but the best ideas are the ones you can't find reference images for, like for the ones sure. that are purely sure. in your head, you know? And it's so, so it's cool that you've been able to use the the space that you have as a, as a place, as an actual birthplace of creativity, you know, as opposed to like, you know, just scouring Pinterest for all the ideas that yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I, like reference images are great, and like they they mm -hmm. definitely help like define um, look and feel and things like that. But like, but the way that most people use reference images is just like it doesn't work for me, mm -hmm. you know? Because I'm like, okay, cool, but how does this? actually translate into real life you know like because you, you can show me a, a, a bunch of beautiful images that are artful and whatever and that's cool and it looks cool in a deck but like what are we actually doing what are we actually making like yeah. like give me those things and so that's how we think we kind of think with from from we kind of think backwards you know um and and so uh you know and I, i've worked with you know like i said like talented creative directors, art, art directors, whether they be freelance or, or at, you know, at the brands that we work at, you know, but like, you know, we, we think through everything, you know, we think yeah. through, it's very thorough. It's very intentional. Um, and, and it's super important yeah. and it's super important. I can't, I can't stress how, you know, cause like my only, you know, people, cause a lot of times people just hit us up for, Hey, we want to do this shoot we got this thing we're gonna shoot it's like all right well what are we shooting yeah what's the meaning behind this and, yeah what are we yeah. doing yeah until we until i know what we're doing then i'm not excited i'm not on board right dude so. um I have, a, I have another question for you I, I was just thinking about this is you're one of however many small boutique agencies here in la and um you know i work at one and there's all kinds of um nameless amounts of like mm -hmm. small agencies that are doing really great work and um how do you how, how would you say that like where it's greater really differentiates itself from the rest of them? And like, what is your like proposition, I guess? Um, like what makes you indispensable and something that you can offer that nobody else can? Well, you know, if I'm being completely honest and transparent, like I'm like, I'm just now getting to the phase where I'm starting to see the value and really defining that and really, mm. um, you know, really putting pen to paper and, and identifying what that is. And I'm working with a, a business advisor and I'm uh, and even a copywriter to like, really like, like bring that to life through, through words. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, 
like I can make things, we can mm. make things and, and not just make things. We're not a production studio. We're not, you know, we actually have an opinion and we have a perspective, you know? So if you come to me with something, I'm going to, I'm my, my goal, if like, if I ever worked with you and your agency, um, you know, is, is I have to add something to what you have brought to the table. Mm. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing my job because anybody can come out here and take a picture. Anybody can come out here and, you know, you know, deliver a deliverable or execute a deliverable. It's like, what is my thumbprint that I'm putting on this that is contributing to, you know, this project, you know, Mm. and like, and like, how am I making it um, different? Whether, and whether that's, that could be approach. It could be, um, you know, just like, obviously like, you know, creatively, whether it's like lighting or things like that, but you know, like, what am I adding? How am I leveling it up? You know, like each person, each key collaborator that you add to a project should just be leveling up, you know, to the point where when you deliver it, it's better than what the idea was. Cause I see, listen, especially working with companies like Nike. I mean, there's decks, there's decks that are better than any deliverable, <laughs> you know, like yeah. th- there's ideas out there that are just like, and they spend so much money and so much energy on them that are just like, wow, this is like, we've seen, I've seen some really impressive decks and I've seen yeah. some really impressive briefs. I've seen some bad briefs too, don't get me wrong, from the same people, <laughs> yeah, from the same companies, but, but it's really about the execution and that's really about and so like what we do you know what we like to you know or what i say like i i think i do really well is execute you know and Mm -hmm. and, um and so so that's that's what i think we would do different i I feel like one of the things you guys do even like once uh shoot set and done i think your representation is really good of the work and and uh the way you um explain it and kind of like put it next to one another and it all kind of uh it's not just standalone it becomes a body of work um that kind of mm-hmm. has a, a a similar um look and feel and aesthetic uh that people- that's the difference too between like making pretty pictures and making work that like the reason why that like if you go to the where it's greater site and you look at the the a case study or like the body of work and you're like wow this makes sense and it feels right it's because it's, it's more than like a, a a banger image that you're gonna post on instagram yeah. and get a few hundred likes on you know yeah, and it's yeah. like you know you, you talk about the scale of work at that level it, it it's hard like that's it's it's not easy to do and that's the reason why not everybody does it and there's a lot of that's the reason why there's a lot of instagrammers out there and not a lot of people who have successful no, agencies but even like the uh like the design and the web development it's like a, that's not yeah, for sure that wasn't you know like you know he's a photographer but a lot of time people tend to skimp on that and that for people that know it's no we're working with uh we're working i'm actually it's funny you guys even bring all this up because you know i mean one of my you know um you know, one of, I don't want to say a passion or a hobby, but like, you know, like I'm constantly redoing the website, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and even right now, like one of the things I'm doing is like, I, I love uh, our current website, which was, uh, we worked with a, a local shop here in public library. Um, oh yeah. You guys had them do it. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. We, we've done some, we've done some work together with them and they, I, cool. I commissioned them to do the, the branding and the website and they've done an amazing job. But I think one of the, the, the things I want to do, you know, better uh, as we kind of like do a, a, a slight revamp or a slight update is articulate what we do, um, 
uh, faster, quicker. Um, so that like, obviously the work, the, the work is there and they've done a beautiful job, like designing the layout so that it showcases off our work, you know, in a very, um, elegant way and sophisticated way, but like at just adding a few, um, elements that will inform people of like, okay, cool. Like what we did, because like, that's, that's a common thing too. In the agency world is like, you know, I've seen my work posted on different agency sites and it's like, you well, it's kind of ambiguous what you're saying that you've done here. Um, yeah. So, you know, what are you, what are you actually saying? What did you actually do on this project? Yeah. You know? So, um, it's like every single person having Nike swish on their client. Oh, like, for sure. And that's just like, if you, if you live in Portland or you live in California, like, like, yeah, having Nike in your portfolio is not like the biggest thing. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, growing up in Atlanta or like, you know, like in like, you know, other parts of America, like it's like, Oh, you got Nike in your portfolio. That's great. It's yeah. like, it's a big step and it is a big step. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. Definitely. But it's very, you know, the amount of work that Nike churns out, just like given the way that they are set up, like to yeah. churn out content and churn out marketing material. It's not, it's just not hard. It's I, just I like guess I was kind of, I guess I was kind of like leaning more to the, the, the point where, you know, people always have like these big names on their client list, but you never actually know what they did on that project. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. It's like, man. But like, even then, like even then, even if you do have them, like there's working with Nike and then there's working with Nike. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do you want to be like, do the, be the guy who did like the, the little e-com like shot <laughs> or do you want to be the guy who did the just do it campaign with Colin Kaepernick? Right, you know, exactly. so like, like there's different levels to it and, um, and that's kind of like, you know, that's that's the vision that I have for for where it's greater is like we want to be doing, you know, that level of uh, of advertising and of content creation and and of strategy and of, um, and all those things. So like we we want to be revered on on that level and not just like you know having someone in our having a client name or a brand in our book. You know, mm -hmm. would would you say you're creatively satisfied right now, um, at the point where you guys are right now? <laughs> Like this moment, like as we talk today, like right yes. now, right now. Um, like right now, right now, yes. Like two, three months ago, no. Yeah. Uh, you know, like in you know a year ago from then, yes. And you know, like it ebbs and flows. Like it's never something that's like I'm completely content because you know, number one, I'm constantly growing, and and number two, um, you know, work ebbs and flows. You know, it's yeah. like and like I'm really proud of the, of the work that we did with Amazon Music. Um, but before that, it was it was a slow summer. It was a slow summer. Like, you know, we did I didn't get, you know, not and, and look, I look at things from two two ways. Like I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and so, you know, I, I own my own business and I always have and I I, you know, not out of like, you know, some grandiose idea that like I wanna be, I wanna change things or like change with it, like that's just happened over time, but more so from from a necessity standpoint, like okay, it's kind of like Jay-Z and like starting Rockefeller. Like he started Rockefeller because he he couldn't get signed to a, a label, you yeah. know? And like, it's the same thing for me. Like I, I started my own business because I, I couldn't, I, first of all, I didn't even know what a production company was, but even <laughs> if I did know what it was at the time, um, I wouldn't, there's no way I would have had, you know, anything that would have, that, that would have allowed them to sign me or, or been attractive, you yeah. know? Uh, enough for them to be like, yeah, like we'll work with you as a director. Yeah. Like we'll hire you as a director on jobs. Like, you know, yeah. so I, I literally had to, to do things out of necessity and like, you know, 
where you know, so I'm figure I, it out as you go. Trying to figure it out as I go. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um I said I was just kinda of had a thought like as you were talking is like you talk about um maybe it was a situation that you were in where you kind of like pinned yourself against the wall where it's like, I don't really have an option to fail um in this moment as far as like, you know, you kinda of like figure it out. Um but I'm curious as to like what you see commonly amongst like people who are artists and they try to go full-time freelance or they try to um, start their own business or whatever it may be. Um, what do you think is like the thing characteristically that people who fail are lacking? Um, and maybe not fail, like fails like a grandiose term, but they never kind of get to the point where they, where they dream mm, of being. I just, I think, you know, first of all, I champion failing. <laughs> like yeah. I think the more you fail, the better mm. um, because the more you learn and the more, you know, and what's, what's special is perseverance. You know, like, how committed are you to your goal and to your dream? Um, but but failing is, is just a part of the process and it's mm. actually a key to success. So the more you fail, the better off you are. Um, I so think, many people like give up, right? Yeah, like I, give up because because yeah. because they're because they don't they don't know they don't really have a real dream. Maybe they're doing it because they saw someone else do it and like they want to do it. You know, they they mm. think they want to do it or like they think that's what they want to do. And like they're just unsure. You know, but, um, you know, I mean, like, listen, I'm a, I'm a product of, of the DSLR boom. Like I'm a product of like the 5d Mark two and like, you know, all that stuff. Like I grew up, my dad was a camera operator and editor. And like, I grew up around, you know, film and TV production, but like, I never wanted to do, like, I never like felt like, like this would be my career until, I was able to apply it to some my interests and, and until the technology caught up, you know, and like with the DSLRs and like, you know, you don't have to batch capture real time, all the footage you shot on like an HD cam, like you can right. actually just like download it from an SD card and then like mix that with, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm into like hip hop and rap and music, like, and I can apply like my creativity to that. Like, cool. Like that's kind of yeah. like how things were birthed. But, um, but there was so many people who were picking up a D and even probably even still now, like, Oh, I'm just going to go buy camera and like do what like Dan's doing or do what, mm-hmm. you know, any of these people out here are doing. And like, it, like I can do the same thing. Like, and on paper you can, you have access to the same thing. Like, you know, the barriers um, are a lot lower. So anybody can, you know, go out in here and try it. But like, if you're doing it just because someone else is doing it, then chances are, you know, it's not going to last long. Yeah. It's like yeah, what you're people, saying. people, people who lack perseverance, people who, who lack vision. Um, and that's okay. Like some, you know, for some people, it's just a part of the process, but totally. I remember very vividly starting out, like it was a very crowded space and mm. I might've been like a little bit of head of the curve of a lot of people. What, what year was this about? This was, this was, in, what, what year is it right now? 2018. This was about to be 2019. 2019 i would say 2009 2010 okay so dang that's so crazy because i feel like i feel like i i don't know i feel like there's just different waves because i started doing this in like 2013 or 2014 or whatever and it's like yeah i don't know i just didn't know anything about it in 2009 or 2010 (laughs) you know nothing yeah you're also younger though but like yeah i'm young it's interesting that you talk about like the dslr boom like i i I can totally relate to that. I feel like I owe everything to like the beginning, like Canon 6D days. Like, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. like even, even before that, like the, 
I remember back in the day when the the T3i came out, I thought that was a big deal. That was the first camera I shot on. And looking back at it, it's it's come so far. And like the stuff that I was shooting back then is just like cringeworthy. But I feel like a lot of people are in the same um, same spot where we are. Where like we kind of like take it for granted that before that, like it was not that easy because before that there was no internet before that there wasn't really like digital cameras. Um, it's yeah, there was, there was, I was, you know, you talk about doing content before content was a thing. Right. Yeah. Um, it had a name, right? And, yeah. And like one of my first cameras, like personal cameras, like a, you know, was a T3i and, uh, you know, I definitely, you know, shot with like the, some of the, the five D Mark II. I mean, I remember when uh, there was a photographer who I kind of like worked closely with early on, and he got the Mark II by mistake. They basically Canon his he had a Mark One that that um, had some dead pixels, and so they replaced it. But they accidentally replaced it with a Mark II, and it had the video yeah. feature, and that's oh, how and that's how it, it, it all started, and like. I was like, whoa, like the, the image quality on this is insane. Yeah. I was like, but he didn't know what to do. He was a stills photographer. And I was like, let's go out and make some shit. Like, let, let's <laughs> have access to like these people. I work, I still worked at the clothing store. And I was like, yo, we've got like Wale is going to do a um, in-store. Like, let's shoot that. And like, you know, like Bun B's coming. Like, like I was just making all of this stuff with this camera. Cause it was just like, it was, in, it was insane. But yeah. Um, but, but, and everybody, you know, back in the, that day, I mean, like th- there was another misconception. It was like, yo, it's the camera. It's not you. It's the camera. <laughs> like, they didn't want, because they didn't want you to charge the rate that you were charging. Yeah. You know? And so by, by discrediting you and by, by saying it's the camera and how everyone has a camera, they're saying, you know, I can go get it from anywhere. Anybody who has this camera, I can hire. It's like yeah. when someone loses like five pounds, they're like, oh, he's on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. You know, it just became that thing of like, all right, cool. Well, if it's the camera, then go hire the other guy with the camera. But I guarantee right. you, your work, the work is not going to have the same impact as uh, as something that, you know, that I'm doing. So, hmm. um, man, I feel like, I feel like another thing too, that people may lack is just like, and we, we were just talking about this with another guest that we had is like, is like grit, man. Like, I feel like there's so many times where like things are just not working out. And it was kind of like, you're, you're talking about just like getting up after you fail and, um, I think I think maybe the most successful creative people have had like countless amount more failures than the people who actually give up. And, um, you know, every day is like a chance. I don't know if I'm going to take a W or I'm going to take an L today. And I think the people who are like excited to face that challenge every single day um, and excited to like figure out how to readjust and adjust their posture after they get knocked down are the ones who really like really go the distance in it all, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big advocate of grit and I don't know about, um, being, you know, I don't know about being excited to face that challenge. Per se. <laughs> it's not it's something I look forward to. Um, you know, but you know, I, I constantly, I'm, I'm constantly facing, you know, those challenges. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, once a week, if, if my, if I'm not reaching mental exhaustion, you know, once a week, then I kind of feel like, you know, I haven't pushed myself for that yeah. week, you know, or like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not working hard enough or maybe I'm in a lull or whatever, but, um, and then, but not even just that, like there's, there's definitely times where you just, you know, you try and you try and you try and you put your hardest and your effort and your, all the passion, you have the best intention and you put everything into it. And then it just, it just falls flat for whatever reason. But 
you have to be able to pick yourself up by your by your bootstraps and you know try again keep going keep going and just be like you know what like that one didn't work out but like um but that doesn't mean that you know you can't you know you can't succeed and i think the people Mm. who keep going are the ones who are still around and the ones who are will continue to be around yeah people you know we'll we'll give up and (laughs) kind of on that same note uh dan is there anything you would tell any maybe like you know white kid in atlanta wearing an xl crooks and castle uh shirt right now that might want to follow a similar path as you you know did maybe like 10 years ago um right well i mean if they're if they were in if they were creative and if they were like you know let's just assume that they were you know director like they wanted to be a director or photographer or whatever i would just say create as much as you can try as as much stuff as you can because you know I, when I was coming up, um, and, I, and I'm not, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely appreciative of how, of how I came up, but I was very selective with a lot of my work growing up. Like I would just be like, mm, you know, because like once you work with Jeezy and once you work with like Two Chains and a couple of these other people, you be you're like, uh, I'm not working with like this person or that person or like, or maybe their budget's not big enough or, you know, whatever. I started like that out of the gate and that crippled me um, because I should have been creating as much as I humanly possibly could. Hmm. Um, because like the more you learn, the more experience you have it's, and it's hard to get experience as a director and a photographer. Whereas like you can get as a million days experience as a DP or, you know, a DP can work four or five days a week. Yeah. You know, a director can only work, you know, two, maybe two times a month if they're, if they're, if they're doing it right. Um, Because it's just, it's a much more involved process uh, from, from the, from dealing with the client and and the pitching and the shooting and the editing. And it's just like, you can only do so much. And there was so many times where I was just like pass on projects or, you know, it was too selective or, you know, I I should have been, you know, creating until i could not create anymore Hmm. Um, uh, even when i didn't know what i was doing i should have just went out and just like tried and just tried something yeah Yeah, tried anything you know because like that is what would have um you know like really given me you know more experience um for sure and, and there's a lot of and also too like there's a lot of good work that i did where I didn't know what I was doing. And some of that works now is my favorite work, you know? And so, you know, who's to know what I, what I would have created, you know, sometimes like, you know, I'm a very, um, I have so much respect for, you know, for, you know, w- what it is I do to where it's like, I get excited when, um, sure. I'm, I'm excited when like Amazon hits me up and says, Hey, we got this project with future and Anderson pack. Like I'm, I'm a super excited, but, mm. I, I definitely still have nerves and anxiety of like, okay, I got to make this shit actually dope. You know, like, yeah. actually, like what am I, what are we going to do? And like, how am I going to, how am I going to pull this off? And like, you know, what, like, you know, so I'm, I'm anxious to get started on it because I'm, uh, you know, I want to, I want to produce, you know, high level, qu- high quality stuff. And like, you know, it's, it's yeah. just not, as, it's not as black and white. It's not as easy as it looks, you know, it's nothing, nothing that I've done is just like, Oh yeah, like that was just handed to me on a platter. Right. Anybody could have done that, you know? Like I wish that was the case, um, <laughs> but it isn't. So I would just yeah. tell you know the kids in Atlanta, you know, <laughs> not just in Atlanta, but yeah, all over, all over. Like 
you know, do as, do as much work as you can, get your hands dirty as much work as you can. Fall in love with the process, really fall in love with the process because that's what it's about because, you know, there's so many jobs that I do now where it's like I have no interest in doing the job. I have no interest in whatever. Sure, it might be a paycheck. Cool. But even sometimes it's not a paycheck. But what, what really makes it interesting is if you can dial in the process, then you can apply that process to anything you're doing. And so whether that be, you know, a boring, I don't know, um, you know, product shoot, if you can pick that up and apply it to, you know, a music video or a commercial, then that is what will get you far. So like, Hmm fall in love with the process and fall in love with how you create and why you create. Um, because hmm. that is what it's like. It's like, that's, that's the learning blocks that you can yeah. build on, make something that you can build on. Nice. Um, so. um, dude, just to, I think, I think we're running out of time. I'm super enjoying this conversation right now. It went by really quick, but, uh, just, uh, for the next, you know, you know, for the next minute or so, just kind of let us know, uh, where, uh, where it's greater is headed and maybe some of the things that you have planned for the future or places that you hope that you see yourself, um, in a couple of years from now or a year from now or however long. For sure. Um, you know, well, you know, like I said, like I'm, I'm still figuring this out as I go. Like there's nothing's changed from, from, you know, from, from nine years ago to, to now, like it's still a journey. It's still a process. Um, I've just, I've, you know, I've obviously, I've gotten better at it as I've gone along and I've, um, you know, I would like to think so at least. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but now, you know, we've got a good body of work under our belt. Um, you know, and like, I'm focusing on building the team and like, so, you know, the last, uh, the executive producer that I worked with on this and, uh, on this Amazon job, I'm kind of like partnering up with him, um, more full time. And like, we're going to try and like, um, target and get more work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that's like what, what I really want to be doing and what I'm really happy doing and what I think I'm, I'm good at. So, um, figuring out, you know, how to get more of that work and how to position ourselves, um, to work, you know, and like, you know, I've, I've got an existing, you know, client list and like, but like, like I said, like, that doesn't mean that they're bringing me the projects that we want to be doing. Like we do that work, you know, for other, for, for various reasons, but, you know, we want to be working with them in the way that, you know, we're working like the way that we want to. So, Mm. um, so just doing more of that. I'm also, you know, like I said, working with a, um, a business advisor as well to, to help with that. You know, we're, we're going to be redesigning the website in order to just make it a little bit more, um, a little bit more buttoned up, a little bit more informative, um, but still keep that, um, the, the visual aesthetic, uh, that, that it currently is. And, um, but get a unified more like of a, you know, I've got, a couple of different websites right now, like between where it's greater, I've got Decatur Dan, which is my personal portfolio. And then even Daniel Hall, which is just like a different user experience than Decatur Dan, but like, um, hmm. like the same. So like trying to like bring under that, like in a unified code base and a unified theme. So like as one user goes throughout those, those three different personas or personalities, like it feels, um, very similar, but you know, it's obviously different, you know, experiences and you get different things from, um, from, from each journey or from, from each experience. So, um, but, 
but yeah, I want to be doing a lot more, um, you know, full campaigns, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of times we've been brought on to do a part of the campaign. Like maybe you're doing like the product only aspect, or maybe you're doing, you know, just like, you know, whatever. Usually it's, but like usually the client has already worked with another, a different photographer to do like the celebrity on body shoot, or, you know, they're doing, they're working with this agency over here to do the motion capture, you know? And so like, you know, what we want to do is, you know, which we've done and what we want to do more of, is just like, you know, the, the full service um, projects, you know, where we're, mm. we're getting the opportunity to flex all of our muscles, um, you know, because, yeah. And, and controlling the project from end to end um, because we think like that's where we shine and that's where the, our, our best work comes out. And if I'm being honest with you too, like that's where the, the budgets are. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like, you know, we, we get paid to do like a facet of the, you know, of a project and it's like, well, we should be doing the whole thing. So <laughs> we should get paid. Not a slice, I want the pie. <laughs> I want the whole pie. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> with that becomes a lot of a lot of work, you know, from personnel and you know all that stuff. But but we've done it, um, and we just, we want to get to a space where we're we're doing it on a on a more regular basis. Um, so nice. just keep growing, man. Just keep keep growing, keep changing. Um, you know, not for the sake of it, even though even if you were changing and growing for the sake of it, then that's good too. But but just keep getting better. Um, you know, I've, you know, and I think that's, that's the ultimate goal is like, you know, I constantly try to get myself out of my comfort zone. I think one of the questions on that list you guys sent was like something about, um, you know, when was the last time you, you wanted to give up or the last time that like, you know, you, you weren't, you know, you felt like it wasn't going to work out. And it's like, Mm. you know, luckily, I haven't had that in the last like probably like three or four years. You nice. Know? That's a good place to be in. Yeah. I mean, but beginning out, it was every other day I felt like that, you know? So, yeah. um, and, and, you know, and then it comes away. But I think if you're pushing yourself properly, then that should be coming up once every three to four years. Like you should hmm. be coming to that, you know, conclusion or like, or you should have that feeling like, mm-hmm. you know, once every three to four years because like that's how you know you're pushing yourself as, as hard as you can and like that's like uncomfortable situations and exactly you know, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah um yeah, cool. it's it was uh, inspiring to hear you dan i think just speaking um for myself and others just to see how far your career has gone and how see how it's going to continue to go and see how uh you know where it's greater is going to take off to and uh we'll put a link in the description box to the website and um uh, maybe it'll be up uploaded or done by then uh your website um but if not uh probably not to like like March, uh, realistically but um but no but <laughs> yeah. the current website's great I, I, I love it as is i just i want to update it so but no it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you guys as well and you know hopefully we can um you know it sounds like you guys are, are both you know in or or out of la and you know love to con- continue the conversation offline as well and hit me up whenever you know yeah. like if you want to come by and actually check out the studio you guys are more than welcome to it's open door policy for for most uh so for the homies uh, for the homies yeah like yeah come by and we'd love to find ways to you know um you know 
collaborate in the future or if not then you know yeah. I'm, I'm i'm all looking man i'm i'm looking to make i'm all about making peers and, and friends um i'm not as big, uh, I, I believe in um in that more than than making like enemies and the whole competition thing the only competition you have <laughs> is yourself so um I'm, totally. I'm, I'm totally i'm always open to 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 linking with like-minded we'll people have to take so, you up on that man um, um <laughs> for sure i get in on thursday so so I'll, I'll hit you up. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's a little, you know, it's a, it's like we're busy, but it's a, you know, it's like we don't have any huge projects going on right now, so you know, we're pretty much in day to day. So, so hit us up. I'll let you know, um, dude. It's always, it's always inspiring, Abraham. I'm sure you, you'll agree. And as we wrap this up real quick, but it's always inspiring talking to guys who are a little bit older than us and have a little bit more experience to just kind of like see where they've been and have gone through. And Dan, I think there's just like a level of maturity in your work and kind of the way you've talked, you've been talking and like um, kind of the, the way some of these words have, have been presented is like, man, I think you've just seen a lot and uh, have provided like a ton of value uh, just from like an experience perspective and probably ways that you don't even know or um, realize, but you know, some of the other guests that we talked to definitely haven't maybe have not seen as much as you have. And um, it's been really great, but um, yeah, we just want to thank you again for coming on and, um, for all of you guys listening, uh, we'll put the link to where it's created in the bio. Um, you guys can check out, check out Decatur Dan on Instagram, or we'll put his personal website in the bio as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Thanks. Or thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. I guess we have. Uh, you doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Enjoy. Have a good night. All right. Yeah. You as well. Thanks again for listening to the mouthwash podcast. For more information, you can follow us on social media or check us out at mouthwash.com.